Yo, what is up? Welcome back to yet another episode, episode 39 of the JJN Show. This is Jacob speaking, and a few weeks back, I had the lovely pleasure of speaking with Alec Kemp. He recently graduated the same year as I did, actually, this past May, from University of Minnesota Duluth. So I'm sensing a pattern here since this is now the third person I have interviewed from Duluth. Apparently, Duluth just releases awesome human beings into the world, I guess. But, spoiler, I am interviewing some U of M people coming up, too. So, get pumped for that. Anyways, this episode was super fun. We This is the first time I've gotten to dive into the topic of music in a podcast episode. And before we spoke about music, you know, we spent the beginning of the podcast kind of going over who exactly is Alec, where is he from, why he went to the school he went to, what made him become interested in marketing and his involvement on campus from his internships to his extracurricular stuff, everything that he has done up until the point where he is at now. We uh, cool, a couple cool segments uh, or uh, parts of that episode were one, we talked about goal setting, and if you are a long-time listener of this podcast, you probably know by now that I love this topic, so it was really fun talking about it, but it was interesting to hear his take on goal setting and why he sets short-term goals and long-term goals and how they affect literally his day-to-day life every single day. So, And then we also talked about being aware of when you're mentally drained you know he is someone that had a heavy workload in college and so he talked about a little bit how there was there were multiple moments in time when it was important for him to step back and kind of recognize when he uh, was taking on a little too much and being able to you know recognize that and learn from it and move on so from there though we spent a good chunk of this episode talking about the music industry and the JJN show has their opening segment. Our, op- our opening segment is Songs of the Week. We are three brothers that, yes, we love fitness. Yes, we love motivational things. Yes, we love to read and eat healthy, all of that. But we all absolutely love music. Shout out my mom for that one because for as long as I can remember, I've loved every single genre of music and listened to music constantly throughout literally every day of my life so bringing it back to the alec episode though this might be someone that is way more passionate about music than i am so and then my family is so it was really cool to hear him and just see his eyes light up when the topic of music came on and we went over everything from his own experience with music and how he likes it and he, he talked about his younger brother and the musician that his younger brother has become and that he's gotten to see grow up. And we also talked about how he plans on using his business degree to make an impact in the music industry, specifically proper representation for artists and musicians. The episode dives deeper into it, but there isn't a lot of great representation out there currently. And so a lot of times these musicians are signing things that they shouldn't be or negotiating terms that they don't really know about. And it's just not a good business. And oftentimes they're taken advantage of. And Alec talks about that a little bit and talks about how he plans on combating that and goes over his own experiences within the music industry already and his future endeavors and plans for that. Like I said, this episode is really unique. It's really cool. We have yet to really dive into a topic like this. And so I hope you all enjoy it. Alec, it was great meeting you. We'll have to get you on again sometime soon. So we can also learn about that month-long road trip you went on. Peace out, everyone. Enjoy the episode. What's up? This This is is the JJN JJN Show Show. with Josh, with Jacob, with Nick. Sweet. So, Alec, thank you for being on the show, dude. Uh, Can we start up? (laughs) <laughs> can we start out and can you just give everyone a brief overview of who you are, you know, where you're from, where you went to college, all that good stuff? 
Absolutely. Uh, hello, everyone. My name is Alec Kemp. Um, I grew up in Coon Rapids, Minnesota, which is a little north of the Twin Cities area. And I went to school at UMD and I graduated um, with a marketing uh, major and in, yeah, in May of 2020. And here I am now on this podcast. Uh, fingers crossed. I'm, I'm, I'm applying for jobs and, and looking for jobs. Um, and, I, and I've been bouncing around a few. So I'm excited to, uh, to talk with you all today and, and uh, or to talk to Jacob today. And, and hopefully you, you all can get something out of this. So. Oh, I'm, I'm sure everyone will. So did you, what made you want to go into marketing? Did you know coming out of high school, was that the game plan right away? Um, yeah, I, I guess I don't really have like a, you know, specific thing um, that sort of like pushed me to go towards marketing. I would say business overall. Um, and I think a huge uh, part of that was my DECA teacher in high school. Um, and DECA is just, for those who don't know, DECA is just an organization, like a, uh, you do like business competitions and you learn about business etiquette and all of that stuff. Um, and so I had, I had a teacher, I'm not going to name his name, uh, but he, uh, you know, he was, uh, he was really good at uh, teaching uh, the business classes and like made them very interesting at my high school. And then so he, he sort of convinced me to join um, DECA, which is the after school program. Um, and I know I, I sort of learned a lot from him um, and that program, and it really made me intrigued to go into business. Um, and and so that's a big reason why I actually chose UMD as well. Um, and so, yeah, I would say that's probably the start of it. Um, but as I sort of went through college and uh, decided that I wanted to do marketing as my major, I've sort of loved um, and, and grown within that field. And... Um, and I'm continuing to do so. So it's it's sort of like sucked me in, um, and I yeah it's it's a really exciting it's a really exciting field and it's always changing and I love and that's what I really love about it. So, is there anything in particular about the field that you really love, or is it just kind of everything? I love how it's super ambiguous, right? Because you have uh, people who are who are working in graphic design um, that are super super creative. You have people that are working um, in like experience marketing you have people that are working in live event marketing i mean there's just like so many opportunities um and countless fields that i mean everything right these days like you need you need a strong marketing team or or a person to to sort of execute what your company business or brand is is going to say so i love how it's super ambiguous and i love how it's a bunch of moving parts working together to like uh you know go towards a, a common goal of of uh, you know advertising and marketing to people, definitely. And I know, yeah, that's an ambiguous answer, but it's just I don't know. I I think that's uh, I I think that there's beauty in that. So yeah, I remember. So I'm in marketing too, and I remember probably about four years ago now when I first made the switch. I was working at a law firm, okay. and just like as a paper paper filer type job, and I had mentioned to someone there that I wanted to go into marketing. And they like mm -hmm. warned me kind of, you know, to be weary that, you know, if a company has to cut jobs at all, they're going to go to marketing first. Right. And it kind of stuck with me, but I was like, whatever, I'm going to go for it anyway. So I ended up doing that. And now I feel like that's, that couldn't be any, like, there's no way that that's true is what I'm trying to say. I don't think that in this day and age with the type of digital assets and things that companies use and just like brand imaging in general if you don't have a good marketing team i feel like for a company you're pretty much screwed you know what i mean exactly and then and then also like how you can tell the story i mean you have like uh, unlimited options like on how you want to tell the story and and like you're saying like you have you have to have marketing and to, to be successful and, and it's cool too that's a global thing you know what i mean yeah and like you working and then making a switch and like realizing that you wanted to go into marketing like it's just exciting because you have so many opportunities too and i know that you're just getting started as well which which i think is really cool um yeah and and i think it's cool that you have this podcast where you, you sort of um talk with really interesting people and get to learn who they are and I, that will 100 percent help you in your career so hats off to you for doing that <laughs> <laughs> thanks well hats off to you because we only reach out to people that are driven you know that we want to hear their story so 
Can we go a little bit more in depth into your college years and talk about the different experiences you had and extracurricular mm-hmm. things you did, any favorite classes, you know, things like that? Yeah, of course. Um, so like early on uh, at UMD, I would say my first year, um, I wasn't as involved on campus. And I was still like I was still in the mindset that I wanted to be um, in business and I wanted to eventually graduate with a major um, in some sort of uh, business related major. Um, and so my first year was sort of self um, exploration as, as sort of like what I wanted to do. And at first I wanted to go towards healthcare management because that was that was really interesting. I mean, the United States has a really interesting like healthcare system overall. Um, and I, that really interested me, um, but it also scared me. Um, and so I started taking healthcare management classes just to try it out. And it wasn't my style. Um, so I um, eventually was sort of lost after my freshman year because I was like, okay, um, is this too late for me to pick a major? You know, it's my sophomore year. And I think, um, like, I, I remember really liking marketing in, in high school and in DECA, like I was saying. Um, and so I was like, okay, I'm going to sort of try that out. And um, I wasn't enrolled in any marketing classes my first semester of my sophomore year, but I joined this club called Advertising and Marketing Club. Um, it's ADMAR for short. Yeah. Um, and basically what that was is um, people facilitating an advertising and marketing campaign um, towards a company that reaches out um, and really organizes it and you compete it's called the national student advertising competition um, and it's run by the american advertising federation and so basically it's a club and the year the first year that i did it was ocean spray um, that came and said here's this case you have to analyze it and uh and and you have there's a common goal of uh certain target markets um and certain demographics that we're trying to retarget and uh market to and you have a five million dollar budget obviously we don't have that you know budget to actually work with but that's what we're pitching um towards ocean spray and if they chose us that's like the money would be allocated um within that five million dollar range um of what we recommended um and so i i joined that club and i competed in that competition and that was super, super exhilarating as far as like um, just getting up on stage and like presenting what we had made throughout the whole year. And we didn't do too hot in the competition, <laughs> um, unfortunately, but that definitely didn't throw me off. I, I, I had a, a great time and working with all the uh, people that were in that club. And it was a ton of hard work. Um, and it was just really cool to see that go into fruition. Um, and so I really, really liked doing advertising and marketing club. And I guess at UMD, that's when I sort of was like, okay, I want to do marketing. Um, and then I also joined a club called You Matter um, my sophomore year as well. And that's a mental health organization on campus. And th- their whole goal is to, uh, you know, break and end the stigma around surrounding mental health because a lot of students are, are faced with different challenges. Um, as you know, students are leaving their home and they, they come to a very new environment, things can be scary and things can throw you off course. And really everyone is affected by it. And so I really wanted to, to join to end that stigma and to learn actually more about it. Um, and so earlier in my college years, that's sort of where um, I stood. It's my freshman and sophomore year. Um, and then my junior year, I joined Student Association on top of being in You Matter and ADMAR my junior year as well. And then I took over as president of ADMAR, the uh, marketing competition. Um, and then I was in Student Association. I was doing the Bulldog Taxi program, which was a, a program that offers students 50% off um, taxi rides in Duluth to sort of... Um, make sure that they had safe rides, especially during the nights, um, the nighttime. And that was, that took up a lot of my time and that was super fun and, and getting to meet with a ton of people, um, and, and, and work with a bunch of student leaders on campus. Um, and that's where I sort of felt really connected to UMD is when I was very busy and, and very motivated and, and doing a bunch of these things. 
Um, and then in my senior year, end of my junior year, I worked at the Kirby Welcome Desk. Um, and so I got to, to meet up with a bunch of people that were walking around campus helping people out. And it was really, really fun to do um, all of that and, uh, and help people out in that way and just get to interact with a ton of people. And then I was in Student Association and You Matter. I ended up dropping Advertising and Marketing Club my last year just because uh, I needed to sort of delegate my time in a better way. Um, and I thought doing, you know, dropping that or just not doing it um, would be a good use of my time. And it turned out it was. Um, and I was still really busy my senior year. And then I started doing music and volunteer work, which I can get into a little later. Um, but as far as what I did at, actually at UMD, uh, I was very busy, and I mean, I'm glad I had all the experiences that I had, um, and uh, it was great. It was great meeting with a, a lot of student leaders and, and people that uh, really can surround you and motivate you to um, to step up and, and, uh, and really push yourself to sort of find who you are as a person so that you can set yourself up for what you want to do after you graduate. Um, and then also just at the same time having fun with those same people while you do it. Holy smokes. I, um, I kind of knew you did a lot. You know, I looked at your LinkedIn beforehand, obviously, but I did not realize that you did that much. That's crazy. How, how did you handle that amount of work while also going to school full time? Like what kind of tips could you give in that realm? Yeah, so I, I'm sort of glad I piled on a lot of stuff at the beginning, I would say, like, my sophomore and junior year, I really, really, really put a lot on myself. And I sort of learned the hard way that a ridiculous amount of work and a ridiculous amount of things can be detrimental to yourself uh, and, like, your mental health especially. Like, I, it was kind of ironic. I was in a mental health awareness club, and I was, like, pushing myself to where, like, it was just, like, so strenuous. It was everything against I was learning in this club. And I sort of used, I was like, and I, and I sort of had a breaking point. I was like, man, I'm like, I'm like actually overworking myself. Like, this isn't good. Uh, and so I sort of had to like switch up what I was doing and like focus in on like, okay, what do I actually want to really spend my time towards and really put effort towards um, so that I'm actually getting things out of it. And then um, also like allowing myself enough time to, like get my schoolwork done and actually be involved as a student on campus as well. And I, and I sort of think that if you can, if you can balance and really sit down and tell yourself, like, I, I need some time and space um, for myself sometimes. And I really need to relook at how busy I am and actually committing to it and um, stepping back from um, tasks that you were previously doing um, in certain clubs. Um, and, and giving giving away, you know, tasks to certain other people. Uh, that that really helps because you don't you really don't want to overwork yourself and you really want to find that line of, OK, like I'm really motivated to do this. I have a lot of energy. So, like, let's get it done the right way. And uh, so, yeah, that's what I would say about it. It's, it's really hard because every person's different. So, like, and it's hard for me to explain it. I, I guess using tools to sort of organize your uh, organize your day. I wrote, I had a calendar, obviously. I mean, a lot of students use Google Calendar, but I'd actually write down things of, of tasks I wanted to complete and then, and then set like short-term and long-term goals. Oh, really? So, okay. Yeah, I actually don't really keep anything electronically that I really care about. I like the most important stuff I write down as well. Mm -hmm. I don't do short-term and long-term goals as much as i would like to written down i kind of mm -hmm. just like brainstorm those things and i'll they'll end up being notes in my iphone that i just kind of like look back on every once in a while i should really right. write them down more but uh you know and also you mentioned that it's different for everyone too if you think about it if you would have just taken on the workload you were doing by the, the by your senior year like right when you entered college it just more than likely wouldn't have worked right it's right. it's just like anything else you kind of have to build up and kind of like get used to that workload and adding different things on right like that progression and then you get to senior year and you can handle more and more so yeah that is something exactly. i think that a lot of people and i feel like i'm guilty of this as well we'll see someone else doing a ton of stuff and think oh i can do that and then try to pile a bunch on my plate and end up failing 
Yeah, I think yeah, Jacob, I think that's a great point because like you can't you can't compare yourself to other people. You have to take yourself out of that situation. So that that's good that you're realizing it too. Like I think that's a, that's a great point. And yeah, like you said, like everyone everyone has a different way of uh, organizing and, and and things. If if you write it down on paper, if you write it down electronically, your goals that is um, I think that's important and that and, and and it looks different for everyone. So I agree with what you're saying. Yeah, since you mentioned it too, can we talk a little bit about goal setting and mm-hmm. what your opinion on it is? Obviously, you're an advocate of it because you do it, but mm-hmm. why set goals and why do you want to achieve them? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, this one is, again, it's like it's different for every person. I think one thing that's remained true as far as my goal setting is I have this little journal that I write down certain things like what do I what do I want to accomplish tomorrow and I'll write it down right before I go to bed or a few hours before I go to bed and then I have like a list of like five big goals of what I want to accomplish within a month time and then what do I want to accomplish in like 6 months and I have these things and they're always changing and they're always they're always in my notebook so no one else can see it electronically and it always I put that notebook with all my goals like right beside my bed I have a little dresser by my bed and it just sits right there so that I know when I wake up in the morning, like that's the first thing that I see and I'm like, okay, it's going to be a good day. Like I have all these things that I want to accomplish. Like let's get those things done and then I'll work towards the, you know, the longer term goals that I have. And that works for me personally. Um, And these are things like, these are things like, what do I want to learn about, you know, this month, right? Like, so now we're in quarantine and we've been in quarantine for a while. So what, you know, what are ways I can look to exercise at home versus going into the gym now? What are ways I can look at eating healthier and researching all these things? And it could be like, okay, like in high school, I wasn't super good in, in history, but I'm actually really interested in it now. Let's go back and look at American history. Let's, let's, let's buy a book. Let's, Let's spend a, you know a certain amount of time doing that. Goal setting has to be something where it's like, to me at least, it doesn't have to be something where it's like, you have to you have to go to the DMV today. Then you have to do this, this, this. Like, it, you can have you can add some fun things in, um, to where it doesn't seem like it's you know super deteriorating to your day. Um, and that's the way I sort of look at goal setting. And I think a big part of where that came up was I was in a uh, like a alumni mentorship program at UMD, where I worked with, or like I had a mentor, um, and uh, she sort of introduced this idea of goal setting to me and like incorporating fun things um, in those goal setting, um, and so that's where that sort of came from, and that's how I sort of look at it. Yeah. So, like I said, I don't actually. I don't follow as strict of a guideline as that. I kind of wish I did, um, but I do. And I actually just mentioned this on my last podcast episode that we did. I do have a little small journal type thing and I mm-hmm. have a, it's called a power list. I essentially write kind of like you before I go to bed, I write down five things I need to get done the next day. So short term goals. And then I have new year goals as well, but they're kind of all fitness focused. And then the other ones are just kind of things that pop up in my head. Like I said, I just kind of write down random spots. It's more the short term goals for me and that specific booklet that I do. Mm-hmm. And uh, also kind of like what you were just saying, you know, it doesn't need to be something like go to the DMV or do the dishes, right? Things like that. I think with goal setting, it should really be something that sure is going to benefit you, but it's something that's actually interesting to you. You know, yeah, like exactly. all of mine are, ways that I can professionally for the most part get better but they're things that I'm interested in looking forward to so yeah that's a great way to look at it yeah and like people people have so many different ideas of what goal setting can mean I mean we had like UMD seminar had like a whole like for those people that took a seminar in college or uh, if you went to UMD you know you know what we're talking about but like 
there are so many things that are shoved down your throat about goal setting and, and writing down things that people sort of have a bad taste in their mouth of what it is because we're sort of forced to do it. But I feel like if you can find out what works for you, it really can help you and keep you motivated. Yeah, definitely. So let's move on now to a topic I'm super pumped to talk about, and Mm -hmm. it's music. So I want to, however you really want to explain how you got into music and what you're trying to do now, I'd say go for it. I'm just really, really interested in hearing about your music background and life and everything you do with it. Absolutely. Um, yeah, there's a lot to talk about. I would say it probably it probably starts um, just like being a music fan growing up and having your mom and, and my mom and dad uh, always playing music. Um, and they both have really interesting tastes. Um, they both really, really like rock music. And that's something that, w- that uh, has um, really stuck with me and especially my younger brother. Um, growing up, and he was he was a huge music fan. He probably is even a bigger music fan than I am, um, and sort of and so it was kind of like a competition, like going back and forth between him, him and I, as far as like discovering new music, um, and like, oh, this person just released this album, and I listened to it, and it was really good, and this is what I thought about it, and then it's just like him and I go back and forth on it, and uh, we sort of split up in our own like genres of what we like to listen to. And so it's always fun coming back together, him and I, um, and discussing like all of the music that we find. And I don't know, it, it's it's really it's really fun that way. And then my brother started uh, to pick up and, and play guitar when he was, I want to say, twelve or thirteen. And I'm two years older than him, um, and so I was really proud because he really focused in on that, and uh, he got really good um, and was able to do like a one man band show and he was able to uh get like booked at restaurants and and bars around the anoka county area and so he would play and i'd love to go see him play and i always thought that was really cool and there was a lot of money to be made and he made a lot of money as like a 13 14 and 15 year old playing at these um small like bars and and restaurants and so i sort of thought like okay He's got a talent here, and there's a lot of people that have a ton of talent. And they're very creative in the ways that they think about music. Um, and there's just not a lot of representation. There's not a lot of good representation in music. And what I mean by that's like, there's a lot of record labels and like top agents that don't really respect the vision of a musician or artist um and they're sort of only in it for the money and so i sort of started to realize that with how faulty a lot of big record labels were um and you just hear you hear it all the time i mean even if you're not a music fan you just hear like about all these musicians that they're getting screwed out of their record deals where they're just not making a ton of money after selling like millions and millions of uh you know millions and millions of um album sales and they should be, um, get you know, being paid a lot more for what they're actually um, giving out to these record labels. Um, and so I sort of took a stance as like, okay, uh, people are getting taken advantage of, and if my brother wants to be a musician one day, um, and he really wants to make a career in it, as well as so many other people that are just doing it because they love to make music. And they love to be creative and, and be unique in, in what makes them happy, then they need to be represented in the right way. And um, so I've been a fan my whole life of music. And my, my brother now plays guitar, piano, um, drums, and he's learning the saxophone. He's actually recording his own um, album right now. And so that's really exciting for me to see that happen. Um, and I'm hoping that what I'd learn. Um, from being in this industry and being a marketing person overall, I can help and, and be the person uh, you know for up and coming artists that are looking to get a start in the music industry overall and and uh, to have a career in music. Because I think, go ahead. What are you gonna say? Yeah, go ahead. 
was just gonna say um i think that if you let a musician or an artist or a band focus on the music alone like a lot of great things will come from it and if you can have someone else that supports them and is a is a fan of them first and can help them it can take the stress off of worrying about contracts worrying about booking shows worrying about i mean everything like press media all that stuff marketing their own music if you can take that stress off of them i think it makes a relationship with music a lot more intimate and it makes it a lot more fun to listen to um and i think people would enjoy it a lot more too so are you trying to almost be not a like a like kind of like a music agent is that a term that can be used for that specific thing like a you know because you want to represent different artists and whatnot and i kind of that kind of reminds me of like a sport agent of sorts right because you don't want to be at the mm-hmm. record label but because you want to help a bunch of different people not necessarily just one yeah that's yeah that's a great point so an agent um or even working on like a marketing team or being a, a coordinator or a manager um that's sort of the role I would say, and, and like the way that the music industry works now, there's three m- major record labels. There's Warner, Universal, and Sony, and under all of those, there's like subsidiary records, and they and uh, so basically like, J Cole, you know, has Dreamville, or Travis Scott has uh, Cactus Jack um, records, but those are under uh, the one of the three major groups, right? And then there's what? What about visionary music? Sorry to interrupt you. Do you are you familiar with that? Oh, visionary music. Um, I'm not sure about the is it is it like a is there an artist that's at the head of it or I believe I'm pretty sure Logic started it. Okay. And I know John Bellion is a part of that and like Chelsea Cutler is too. Okay. And I don't remember I'm just curious if you happen to know because I have no idea either, but No, I so I yeah, that's interesting. I'm definitely gonna look that up right after this <laughs> podcast because that's very interesting. Because uh, I like Logic and Chelsea Cutler a lot, uh, but they're probably under one of the major labels. Um, okay. And those, yeah, and those labels own like eighty percent of all uh, labels in the music industry. So there's only twenty percent basically that are independent, uh, independently run labels, which it's like really tricky because they just have a lot of power. Um, and it's not to say that there's they're like a like these labels are corrupt, and it's not even to say that I wouldn't want to work with them or for them. It's just to say that there's there's just a lot of power to be held there. Um, so things are sort of I don't know. It's not like it's like the, things aren't stuck in their ways, but I don't know. There's just a lot of different avenues that labels could take things, and I think it's interesting to see where it's going because now you're seeing a lot more independent labels rise um so yeah so i i would say so circling back to what you're asking um i don't know if i'd want to be an agent that's a possibility i would i would love to work with a record label and like seek out all marketing understand like what these musicians like how they want to tell their story through music turn that into marketing and then take like you know put that out to the world and then let the, their music do their thing while also like looking to change like the industry overall i would love to stay in the marketing and, and have a job in that but also be an advocate towards change within the industry wow that's super interesting what okay going back a little bit to the three labels running the whole industry cuz i didn't i was not aware of that is there like any laws in place that you know of that can prevent them be from essentially just like taking over you know what i'm saying because like you know obviously there's laws in place so that amazon can't just turn into a monopoly mm-hmm. is there like sa- similar things put in place in the music industry at all for that type of there are um but the thing is there it's like really tricky because they're also they're giving out they're they are still giving out a ton of support to all these musicians and they're giving support to all these like subsidiary records. So if you're, you know, if you're an artist and you want to start your own label, you probably don't have a lot of backing and you don't have a lot of, you know, background information on how to actually run the label. Like you as an artist, you just want to have people sign to your label and you want to be able to collaborate with them most likely. 
and you want to you know be able to give opportunity to these musicians but you have no idea about any of the contracts what goes into any of that you probably also don't have a lot of the cash up front like you don't have enough money to actually fund it so i think that's where a lot of these i think that's where a lot of where these the major three labels at warner universal and sony i think that's where they're they can get away with things is because they actually are helping out these smaller labels it's just in a really tricky way but that they're still sort of like in control of everything um and there's not a whole lot that can sort of sway this um there's not i mean there are things that are put in place that say they can't have a monopoly over the whole industry but the way that they have it run now they're it's so particular as far as how, how how like certain contracts are uh, brought up um and the actual deals that um these these artists are signed to they're, they're sort of stuck um so it's hard for people to break out of that there's not a whole reg there's not a whole lot of regulation right now and i don't know where the best route um to break that would be um that's a that's a very interesting question i think once more people are invested and are actually looking at independent labels or just you know not even ha- not even being represented by a label uh just releasing your music and just getting all the royalties from like streaming i think i think that's going to put a lot of pressure onto these big labels and and they're going to try and and lock people up even more um than they already are yeah because how important is having a label even I mean, it's pretty important uh, depending on what you want to do. Uh, there's a lot of infrastructure put in place. I think it was a lot more important in the past um, than it is now because a lot of things are digitally streamed these days, right? So in the past, you had uh, you had to have distribution networks put in place so that you could have your vinyl record put in a record shop. And without a record deal or, you know, people that are helping you it's it's very hard as an independent artist to do that yourself and so there's that and then there's also you know you have you have a legal team working with you so that if you make music and you put it out there and some other artist steals your music outright or you know what i mean you got to have you got to have a legal team working for you so that you can get compensation you can get compensation if another artist steals your work um or just basically like patenting your music you have to have certain licensing um, agreements uh with uh, companies so it's like and it's really interesting too because like people are realizing that it's not as big of a deal to go independent and i and and i think that um a lot of labels back in the day were probably more important than they are today um and as things changes they're trying to change as things change they're trying to change with it um so how important is it really depends on what you're trying to get in the music industry if you're just trying to make music and release it and you don't care about making money uh and you don't care about artists stealing your work uh it might not be as important to you on the flip side if you're already a very very well established artist like a great example would be Frank Ocean. He bought himself out of his record deal um, so that he could, because he's, he's a huge artist, right? So he didn't own a lot of his music as far as like his masters, his actual music. And he bought himself out of that deal um, and released music independently. And he's making far more, uh, you know, amounts of money than he would have been if he would have stayed with his label. Um, but the thing is, these these artists are like trapped in these deals, and they they don't have the money to buy themselves out of it. So, and I I know I'm like kind of rambling on here. Just, no, I love it. Like, Keep going. Yeah, it's just like there's so much stuff, um, and and just not a lot of people know about it or care to look into it. But, I mean, it, it it's like, and the thing to me that really drives me is that music would be a lot different if the industry was different itself because musicians are pressured into doing all like a ton of things um they're very restricting in some ways um and and so if you can represent an artist 
in the right way, you know, you can have a, a better overall music scene. So. Wow. I feel like I just learned so much. I'm going to actually go back and listen to this. I kind of take notes or something. Uh, it's so fun I stuff. Since I don't have an editor or anything, I looked up visionary music on Google quick because okay. I was really curious. And I am just seeing that uh, it was founded by Christian Zaru. Zaru? Okay. Yeah, go ahead and look it up too. And oh. it says independent, but I don't know exactly how truthful that is, you know? Let's look. Oh. Um. Let's look really quick here. Hey, they might be. Oh, Jeremy Zucker is also under that. And Quinn. That's right. And A-OK. Those are, those are a lot of big names. Yeah. Uh you should li- have you heard of the podcast how i built this by guy Roz? i have not heard of that you i'll send you i'll send you an email after okay. this but there is a episode and basically it, guy Roz just invites different entrepreneurs on mm-hmm. and they talk about their specific company and how they got it to where they are and he has logic on at some point way back when and it was one of the coolest episodes i've ever listened to awesome and just yeah, I would, I would, you should definitely send that over. Yeah, because I think the Christian Zaro guy, I don't know how to say his name. They, I think they founded it together. Or, okay. or There's some story behind it where Logic was making music on YouTube or something. And this Christian guy hit him up and was like, hey, can I represent you? I don't have any money in or really a name at all, but your music's dope. And Logic was like, all right, sure, why not? And then they like blew up. That's fantastic. Yeah. Those are you just love to hear those stories. Yeah, I'd love I'd love to listen to that, and uh, and and learn. I'm gonna look this up for sure. Yeah, I'm not I'm not finding anything. It says that they're an independent label. Um, Logic is signed. I thought Logic was signed to Def Jam, and so maybe he broke that. I'm gonna definitely look into this though. This <laughs> is really interesting. You got me on a rabbit hole search for this. Okay, well so. next time you come on, we can we can talk about the findings of that absolutely i would love that so what is young world studios can i ask about that absolutely you can so young world studios is an independent label that is based out in minneapolis and they represent artists um across across the united states mostly I don't know if they're uh, they do anything globally or internationally right now. At the time that I was doing some work for them um, and talking with Anthony Aguirre, who's the guy that started that label, um, they weren't doing any work uh, internationally. But basically, what that label is is a small independent label, and they do things uh, as far as like booking work um as far as marketing work um they do a lot of like photo shoots music videos and things like that they do uh so let me just give an example so i worked with this guy named david shane and he's a pop artist um, based in arizona um and so a lot of what i was trying to do for him was i was trying to get um his songs on like different netflix shows or hulu shows or uh commercial so i was like cold calling and cold emailing a ton of different people trying to do this so that he could get money off of it and also get exposure on things and then i was also he was uh he was doing a music festival in amsterdam um so i was like trying to get him on different radio shows um out there that's how who do you who do you cold call for things like that like hulu netflix radio shows so I can't yeah, imagine it, that's just out on the internet. Like you can, you know, I I've done some cold calling, cold emailing stuff, and I could find things on LinkedIn. But I can't imagine you can just go find a a big name person's contact information on LinkedIn. How does that work? 
it's very tough, but LinkedIn groups is incredible. Like there, there's a ton of different private groups um, in the music industry that I'm in. So I'll post things, um, and so some people will like bite off of that. You can also submit uh, certain things on uh, online for shows, um, and it's yeah, it's kind of like who you know. So it's really tough, at, you know. And at the time, I was like nineteen or twenty, didn't know anyone. So how how credible am I? Knowing all these people, and you don't get a lot of bites. Um, but that's just it. It's just like it's it's just like tough in nature. You gotta sort of you gotta go through the like tough times, and you gotta actually start meeting and talking to people before you can gain some credibility. Um, and so finding people is really tough, but it's just about messaging certain people. You get some guidance, right? From I got some guidance from Anthony. He's like, okay, you gotta you gotta call this producer's number at this radio show, or you gotta talk to this guy this is some guy i know in he's he's a executive at netflix you gotta try and talk to him or you gotta email him so i tried a bunch of different techniques like trying to email as the record label or trying to email as myself or trying to email people as an artist it's just really tough because you don't know what's gonna work until you actually try things and so that was what was cool uh with anthony is he's sort of he gave me these resources, and he was just like, all right, go figure it out. Because I was also doing this off of volunteer work. Um, and I'll, I'll say this. I was very unsuccessful, <laughs> like, especially with, uh, with Young World Studios. And um, I'm excited to you know, possibly collaborate and work with Anthony in the future. But it's, it's, just, so, it's just so tough. Um, and like I said, I was very unsuccessful. But it was also promising... Um, when I actually could have conversations with people and, and things like that. And that's actually more um, working with uh, Carrie Luica. She's, uh, she works for Alison Krauss. It's a label that um, works with Hunter Hayes like in, in the country music sort yep. of genre and uh, Blake Shelton. Um, so I had more success with her than I did with Young World Studios, but... It, I don't know. It, it's just it's just fun. It, it's one of those things where I was unsuccessful at it, but I loved doing it because I loved music, and this is something that I wanted to do. And I was also figuring out like, okay, I didn't I didn't like this sort of aspect of it. I did like this sort of aspect of it, and so I'm gonna focus my energy more towards that. And that that sort of motivated me too. But yeah. So you've worked with two different labels type yeah, so companies the, then? Yeah, so Young World Studios was a label, and then Carrie Luica worked for Allison Krauss, which is another label. Allison Krauss is a, a older country musician, and she is basically only in charge of booking work. So I worked with this guy named Stephen Paul. Obviously, he's, he's not as big as Hunter A's, Blake Shelton. His name isn't as big like you a lot of people don't know who he is, but he's a country artist based out of Nashville. Um, and or actually based out of Louisiana, but he lives in Nashville. And I was basically what I was in charge of doing was booking his tour uh, down south. So he had the southern tour, and I was I was sort of a, a volunteer to sort of help try and get him gigs so that he could go play during the summer of twenty nine, yeah, twenty nineteen. So last summer. So I, I had to cold call uh, and cold email a lot of uh, different um, like music venues down south. And yeah, there's some pretty interesting ones as, as far as just like talking to people and uh, like looking at these different venues. Um, like there was one that, well, they do like they do boat cruise music festivals, which is a lot of like EDM music and like rave type style but they were doing like a country uh boat cruise and it wasn't something that fit with Stephen paul's uh sort of tour but it was just something that i was like super interested in um and then like just seeing all these like really cool like venues especially around nashville it's just like 
I don't know. It's just like really fun because it doesn't feel like it's work. It's, it's like I'm, I'm like learning about all this stuff. And then one eventually when I get to go to Tennessee and Nashville, I get to go to these places. I'm like, okay, cool. I like talk to this dude that works here. So those experiences sound awesome. How, how did you even find those in the okay, first place? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. So I would like earlier in the podcast, we were talking about like the mentor that set me up with different goal setting things. Um, and she worked with alumni relations. So Carrie, the girl that I did booking work for, she is an alumni from UMD. And then I, so yeah, so she put me in contact with her and sort of like set me up and, and like set me off running. And then Rajiv, uh, he's the head of marketing at UMD. His former student was Anthony Aguirre, the guy that started the independent label. So fortunately enough, I had two like mentors or peers like at UMD set me up with contact information. Um, and that's just simply because I asked um, and I was just like, I don't know where to start. So let me just ask the people that I know, know a lot of people. And yeah, that worked out really well in that way. Well, it just goes to show you how important networking is in college yeah. and, you know, branching out and talking to a bunch of different people. Holy Absolutely. smokes. We've been talking about for, for 46 minutes, and I didn't even get to ask you yet about your month-long trip you went on. It was a month-long, right? Yeah, it was a little over a month. Um, um, before we go on to that, mm-hmm. I am curious. I'm, I'm probably going to have to have you on again at some point in the future because – Something I love about just like doing this podcast is finding people and then finding ways to get them to talk about their passion. And clearly music is what you're passionate about and what you need to spend your life doing. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can spend your life doing whatever you want, but that's just my opinion. <laughs> Not to like try to you know, force or whatever, but it's just, it's clear that you're really into that world and passion. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's just, individuals our age need to be able to have a space to, you know, listen to other individuals talk about their passions and get good ideas of how they can also pursue the same passion. Right. And, mm-hmm. but, you know, circling back a little bit, it's kind of just rambling there now too. Um, but I really like doing this podcast because I love to hear about other people's passions outside of just what I do on a regular basis. Right. So, and mm-hmm. this one happens to mold well with something I also love. So it's super interesting to learn about, but I'm curious what are your top like three favorite songs right now? That's a great question. Um, I would say I've been listening to a lot of uh, 70 Shake. If you know who that is, um, she's a she's a person that was discovered by Kanye West, and she has a song on the album Yay by Kanye West it's Ghost Town she's the person that sort of like sings the hook in the beginning um she just released an album in 2020 and I've been listening to that absolutely non-stop um Guilty Conscience is like one of my favorite songs off of that album and that's probably my top song of 2020 and Tame and Paul actually did a remix of that song and it's just an absolute like I don't even, like, words can't even describe it. I just think it's a beautiful song. Um, I always circle back to Frank Ocean. He's someone that I really love as an artist. The song Nights is something, like, there's three beat switch-ups in it, and I just think it's a very unique song, and my mind is sort of put at ease when I listen to it, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, And then I would say as my last song that i've been listening to a lot of my favorite song recently um the penderosa twins plus one is a band um that they're very old and they they had a their only album they actually ever released it was just newly remastered in 2013 and that whole album it's two plus two plus one equals I think it's just, I think that's what it's called. Two plus two 
plus one equals, and it's two sets of twins and a younger brother, um, and they make music together, and it's just, they only have one album released, but that whole album is absolutely gorgeous. Tyler, the creator, and Kanye West have both sampled that one, and that's sort of how I like found uh, that one. So the sound, the song "Bound," off of the Penderosa Twins Plus One album, is sampled in Kanye West song "Bound 2, and then "A Boy Is a Gun." Oh sampled. no way! I didn't know he sampled a song in that. Yeah, it's yeah, it's 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 pretty cool. So if you listen to it, if you listen to the song, the actual original version of "Bound," you'll you'll hear it and you'll be like okay that's really cool but their whole album is really good so, but i really like that song bound so i'd say bound guilty conscious and nights are my top three songs right now that i've just been playing over and over i love hearing connections like that for samples like uh i don't know if you i'm a huge juice world fan mm-hmm. and loose dreams is obviously like his most popular song probably yep. uh I, when i i don't know if you know this but that song is a sample of shoot Oh, that sucks. I can't remember who whose song it is. That's gonna blow me. I'm looking that up too now, quick. I actually didn't know that, so that's pretty cool. Yeah. Is it like? Is do you know what like? Uh, is it from? Is it like an older song? Like a really yeah. old song? Those are, those uh, are Sting. It's a it's a Sting shape sample? of yeah shape of my heart by Sting. So if you go and listen to that, and then listen to Lucid Dreams, or yeah. It's yeah. the exact same beat. That's that's awesome. That's pretty yeah. cool. I was blown I, away when I heard that. That's uh, yeah. The, the, those are the those are the connections that are just really fun to make. I'm glad I'm I'm glad we have this podcast. Um, and, and you talking to me because you got me really like interested at looking at uh the the record label that Logic has and now listening to this song and and doing and I, I I'm just excited. I'm just excited and I, I really enjoyed. And I'm enjoying talking to you about this because now Dude, I'm, I'm really excited to like <laughs> do some more research on this stuff. I don't That's why it's always fun talking time. to people about. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. I don't remember the last time I talked to someone that was like as into music as you are. So it's super cool. Uh, okay, I'm just gonna keep going on this subject because it's dope. So my brother describes Robbers by the 1975 as his favorite song of all time i don't know if you know that song but i do and when he talks about it he he likes to say that he can remember exactly what he was doing when he first heard the song and how he just sat down on his couch and just like listened to it and took it in do you have any songs like that Ooh, that's a great question um let's see oh um okay so this is another like reference to a sample thing, and I'm not trying to do this on purpose. But the song, I think it's called "High" by, uh, well, originally it was Elton John's song, um, and it was Young Thug used it in a song, and it was called "High." Uh, oh yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Uh, it, the original song, I think it was sampled, was "Rocket Man." Um, yeah, it was, and then I was. Yeah, so the first time I heard that song, I was with my two really good friends, Jackson and Luke, and my girlfriend Lauren, and like we listened to that song at my old house in Duluth, Minnesota, and it was just like, we just loved every second of it. We were just like blown away by the song, and I and I and I still like, and that's one of the things like your brother was saying, like you can remember exactly what you were doing and just a feeling that you had. That's just one of those things. Every time I hear that song, I associate it with them and like a good time, and I associate it with just like loving friends and friendship. So I would definitely no, say that song. I love that about music. There are so many songs I have like that where you like you listen to it and it's literally like you're snapping back to the past type of thing, mm-hmm. and you feel exactly how you did when in that specific moment. Like for me, a song that comes to mind for like what you just said is it's actually a country song. Do I make you wanna by Billy Carrington? Okay, yeah. Uh so three years ago, it was after my sophomore year of college. My friends and I there was like a period, pretty much the entire summer, where we would just listen to that music at least once a day. It seemed like, mm-hmm. and just jam out to it all the time and every time i listen to that song now i will forever think of that summer absolutely that's just an amazing feeling to have and like you love like i love hearing stuff like that like 
the way that people describe that feeling, it's like you don't know it un- unless you live like unless you've had similar experiences. So when when people give like what they think about a song and and like what it, what they relate it to, it's just so fun. I love it. So do you like the uh, documentary movies like Oh yeah, Bohemian Rhapsody and the Elton John one? Yeah, I uh I really like those ones. Um there there's a good the Johnny Cash one I think is pretty good. Um there's one the NWA one is really good too. Oh yeah. Yeah. And then there's a there I like I also like the documentaries where it's like they show basically Oh, there's a, I think there's a Travis Scott one that's really good that's on Netflix too. That that one's just more of like a documentary documentary of like the process and like showing how wild his shows are and stuff. Yep. And I love those types of stuff too. But how about you? What's one that sticks out to you? Because I I'm always looking for new. Well, Bohemian Rhapsody is probably my favorite music documentary mm-hmm. one that I've watched. Uh, and then like Eight Mile as well. I've always loved that one too mm-hmm. those are kind of basic i guess um i actually wasn't yeah they are very good i wasn't a huge fan of the travis scott one i felt like it was literally just like a bunch of clips of concerts yeah. but it didn't feel like a live concert though i don't know yeah, that's I true it's, it's very cut up i um it's very cut up documentary but uh, yeah it, it's just like i think my favorite part of that was just like showing him um like recording some of the songs. I think that was my favorite part of it. Um, and then I was at the Lollapalooza show the night before Astroworld came out. So that was fun to seeing that like little, they had like a little clip in there. So that was what I really liked about, about that one. But um, yeah, documentaries overall, it's really cool. That's something that I probably want to work on too as, as far as like helping out musicians, so. If I'm if we're okay. looking back in like five years and I'm talking about this and I make a cool documentary, um, let it be known, I guess. You could take that exact clip right there. I'll send it to you. I'll chop it up. Here we go. Send it to you, and that can start. And here's can the thing, start Jacob. The documentary. There we go, and you're gonna be in it too. So that's <laughs> perfect. All right, last question related to music, since we're getting close to time, and I don't want to hold you past, but. So what's your opinion on like music videos just in general then? Are you a big fan of them? Yeah, that's a that's a good way too uh, that I I find a lot of new music because there's different I mean there's a whole bunch of different uh, aspects of music videos that you can go with. Obviously, there's a bunch of different styles. It's really entertaining to just like have a night of it. That's what I do with uh, me and my girlfriend and my brother. Like that's how we bond actually. Like a lot of times and uh, is just like sit down and watch music videos cuz you have like they all, they're like, "Oh, did you see this one yet?" And we're like, "No," and they're like, "Okay, put it on." I, I love everything about um, that sort of world. Yeah. Also, "Bullet in a Bible," Green Day's live. It's like a kind of like a documentary. That one's really good. And I just okay. watched. My dad has a bunch of old ones, like uh, a few like Def Leppard documentaries, and oh heck yeah. Um. He even has like an Adele documentary and just like okay, that different cool. live music. Yeah. Yeah. And those are fun to watch too. But yeah, oh, the, cool. just the amount of like the amount of influence that all of those people have, it's just cool to see. So yeah, that's cool that you've you've had those and they got to see those. So. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, at the beginning of the show, you mentioned that you like were kind of interested in starting a podcast potentially, mm-hmm. and. Throughout this, I've gathered that you have a brother that also loves music. You yeah. love music and the world of music. You have a bunch of topics you can talk about. And you've already had a bunch of different experiences in it. So I feel like that's leading to you needing to start one. So I think you should definitely do that. That's just me telling you that. Thank you. But before we get, we'll have to dive into the, the month-long trip you had the next time. Mm-hmm. yes but you know that's okay because that was a sick conversation before we get you out of here we always end with rapid fire questions Let's and go. i was told i was told recently that our rapid fire questions weren't rapid they were <laughs> so i tried to make them easier to answer really quickly except for the very last question so just heads up on that we have one two three four five are you ready i am ready what is the color of your toothbrush white what is your favorite time of the day Morning. Favorite podcast? 
this one. I'm just kidding. I I, I haven't uh, dove deep into that, so I can't say that. Um, Philosophy me. <laughs> I was gonna say I'll stop you right there. It is this one <laughs> favorite. What's your favorite number? Uh, twenty-five. And what is your favorite story to tell? Oh my goodness, my favorite story to tell is this is something I I haven't. I'm not trying to relate it back to music, but it's like something that I just love to tell people. I met with uh, this guy named Fred Crone. He was the original person that started the Hennepin Theater Trust, which is like chain of theaters down in Minneapolis, so like Pantages, Orpheum, um, and all of those. With He started that with Bob Dylan um, back in the day, and he basically, him and Bob Dylan wanted to make it uh, like the the sort of how New York was Broadway and like all of the different shows and stuff. He wanted to make Minneapolis that scene. So he built these really nice theaters. Um, and it was really cool. I I got to have lunch with him um, in Minneapolis last summer. And the coolest thing about that conversation is as we were leaving, he was, I was like, oh, so what are you doing this weekend? And he's like, oh, I'm flying out to California. My uh, my niece is, I'm doing like a, she she's a, she's she has a movie premiere coming out. I'm like, who's your niece? And he's like, uh, Lindsey Vaughn, the a professional like skater or the professional skier for the Olympics. And I'm like, holy cow. And she grew up in Minnesota and and skied all over Afton. And I'm just like sort of like sitting there like this dude like is buddies with Bob Dylan. And started this Hennepin Theater Trust of theaters. And then his niece is Lindsey Vaughn. And then he's just like, yeah. And it's just like, I just love telling people that I got to meet him. And, like, I I went in not knowing, like, how cool of a person he is. But at the end of it, I was just like, wow. And I just, like, I think I smiled for about a week straight after uh, that conversation. Like, yeah, it was just, yeah, it was, a, it was, a, I, I love telling that story. So You have some wicked connections. Holy smokes. I was going to say too, I totally forgot that I have some buddies that make music. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're just on SoundCloud. They have a few songs on Spotify, but they're called Addicts in the Attic. I'm going to send you their stuff too, because you should definitely give them a listen. And mm-hmm. if you ever, for every reason, want to connect with them, definitely should do that too. But okay. thanks for coming on, man. It was really, really cool talking about music, honestly. <laughs> like, that yeah, was absolutely. Dope. Absolutely. I like, I'd just like to say too, like your buddies can reach out to me. If there's anyone listening that wants free advice on the industry or record labels or anything like that, feel free to reach out to me because I'm happy to do that. And that's, that's a big reason, you know, why I'm here is because we want to change the industry and like give, you know, correct representation to artists. So I'm happy to help out anyone for free that needs some help. So heck yeah, dude. So I, I'll start plugging your podcast when you actually get it going. But for now, where can our listeners find you? Keep up with Uh, your work. Yeah. I would say the best way to see what I do on social media is my Instagram at Kemp Alec. K-E-M-P-A-L-E-C is uh, my username for that. Otherwise, add me on LinkedIn if you want to connect. Um, That would probably be the best place if you're an artist or a musician. Otherwise, you can DM me on Instagram as well if you don't have a LinkedIn. Um, And I would say, yeah, those those two places. On Instagram, you'll see my... We're going to be promoting my brother's album as he's making it. So you'll see that whole process. And so, yeah, I would just say those two, two uh, accounts. Perfect. Well, thanks for coming on again. We're going to have to Absolutely. do this in the future again sometime. That was sweet. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. I, I, I really enjoyed our, our conversations. So I'm looking forward to jumping on in the future and supporting this podcast and listening to it because I got to do that. Heck yeah. Appreciate it, bro.